Welcome to the Everything Sports Podcast with Jay Bandy, where we reveal the little-known secrets of superstar athletes as they leave their glamorous careers behind and return to everyday life. Listen to actionable business tips and life-changing insights from these sporting heroes as they share their epic journeys with you. Now, here's your host, the CEO of Everything Sports, Jay Bandy. I'm excited today about introducing our guest. He had a cult following in the NRL clubs that he played at. And I didn't know this about our guest today, but he was born in Paddington in Sydney. He played nine seasons in the NRL, ARL, and three seasons in the English Super League, totaling 191 ARL, NRL, and Super League appearances. The clubs he played at were South Queensland Crushers in 1996-97, Parramatta Eels 1998-99, New Zealand Warriors 2000 to 2004, Castleford Tigers 2004, London Broncos 2005, and London Harlequins in 2006. As I said before, he had a cult following wherever he played, and when he took the ball up in attack, you would hear his chant. Since retiring from his professional rugby league career, he worked as a development officer and recruitment for the Canberra Raiders and ran for a seat in the independent candidate as an independent candidate in the Logan City elections in 2016 and now runs his own business in the sporting and events field. Still based in the southern area of Queensland, it is with great pleasure I introduce Mark Tukey. Welcome, Tukes. How you going, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Just living the dream. That's the go. Yeah, Tukes, just if you could uh, share with our listeners why you think transitioning smoothly out of public life is so critical. Yeah, mate, it is a, uh, it's a pretty uh, tough concept when you've been a professional athlete kind of since you left school and to transition into reality really where you're not being told where you have to be, when you have to be there and what you have to wear. It took me, I reckon it took me a good two years to honestly uh, come back to reality and fit back into the real world. And, uh, yeah, it was more about just um, respect and money and how, it was, how it's earned and and just the value of the dollar, really. That's what I, I uh, kind of figured. Fit into the real world, eh? Oh, yeah. It was uh, pretty tough. <laughs> How would you describe the process of transitioning smoothly out of public life for yourself, Tooks? Mate, I was just on the edge of uh, the transition period where the welfare, the NRL provided welfare guys to help the retired players and things like that. So I didn't receive too much help when it came to that. But I believe since they're doing a really good job in the NRL helping, you know, the older players that have kind of hit their 28, 29-year-old, building and development, their business, doing business diplomas and things like that. So, mate, I, I was kind of, I had to kind of fend for myself a little bit when I retired and I had to like move my family back from England to back up here, up to Brisbane and, um, yeah, and just kind of work it all out. It was a bit tough, but um, yeah. yeah, mate, the NRL are pretty much on top of that now, I think. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you didn't receive much help, you're saying there. Like, with that, like, finding a job, like, in regards to your own transition, like, finding a job, was, did you have experience in certain industry, certain experience, certain uh, education? Like, yeah, well, when how I, did How did you transition? When I moved back from England, I uh, moved back into the in-laws' uh, house. We stayed there. I had two children. One was two and the other one was uh, one was nearly three and the other one was one. And we just lived in there. We got back kind of uh, November, December 
Um, I was just living the dream, retired football player. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, you know, some money in the bank, which we'd saved up over the footy time. And then, uh, yeah, when it came to buying a house, I said, yeah, yeah, I've got money. Yeah, it's all right, buy a house. And they basically, uh, no one would touch me because I didn't have a job. And I'm like, oh. So, and then I go, okay, I've got to go get a job. That's easy. And then I, and then every single job that I looked at or was interested in, they said, oh, what's your qualification? And I, my, my answer was, oh, a professional rugby league player for the last 10 years. And they went, yeah, oh, yeah, I know that, but what's your qualifications? And then that kind of hit home and the reality set in that I have no qualifications apart from being a mas- uh, massage therapist and I've done my personal training and things like that. But, um, yeah, that was the reality of it. So I ended up getting a mate. A mate gave me a job as a, a courier driver, a delivery driver yeah. for a retro, for retrovision. And I enjoyed that for a little while and then just got bored doing that. And then I was just lucky enough to land a job with the uh, Canberra Raiders as a development officer and stayed in the game and worked at South Logan Magpies up here in Brisbane. Yep. So coaching and development is kind of where I, where, where I headed, yeah. Oh, very good. That's good, mate. And then no qualifications, obviously um, a big stumbling block for a lot of NRL players because they're so focused on you know, making their NRL and all their childhood dream is to play NRL and then they're focused on playing NRL for all those years. I, don't know, I kind of think it's a bit, uh, a lot of NRL players are pretty short-sighted because they're really focused on what they're doing. But like all those years leading up to playing NRL, they're very long-sighted. They're, they're looking out there in the future, yeah. like yeah. You know, 10, 15 years down the track. When they're playing NRL, they're looking year to year, and that's it. Like, yeah, you get in that. Like I said about reality, you get in that bubble, and you, yeah. Like I look back on my career now, and I was a pompous bastard when I, yeah, uh, <laughs> when I was playing. I had to have these pair of socks, and I had to do this, and and it was, and it's just all so ridiculous. But it was just how we were treated. Like we were treated with kind of whatever we want, keep us all happy. You know, and we we were spoiled brats. <laughs> uh, once I, uh, yeah, once I have retired and realised that, wow, I look back and, yeah, we definitely get looked after and it's definitely not reality. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what are the biggest challenges you faced in transitioning smoothly out of public life and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Some my, a couple of them, obviously, but. Yeah, my, my biggest, the biggest one for me was valuing money. You know, since I've been about 19, money's kind of grown on trees for me a little bit. Uh, you know, I've never had to kind of worry about money as such. And um, and then upon retiring, I, I continued my ways, not worrying about money until it kind of started to run out. And then I had to kind of, re- that's when the reality was, I don't need a Billabong shirt or a labelled shirt. I can just wear a, a Kmart one or something like that for $2 instead of the $25, $50 shirt. So, I kind of, uh, yeah, that was kind of the reality check. And and once I got my head around that, you know, it all became a little bit clearer and I respected money more. And and then I kind of looked into the financial type stuff. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. Yeah. Oh, very good. So to overcome your financial and valuing money, like was there anything you did or it's just a bit of an aha moment? Like, um, Yeah, right? yeah. I've always been a bit of a gambler, you know, have a punt here and there, casino and stuff like that. No addictions or no, like, gambling problem, but I just love to have a punt. That was my downfall. I didn't really drink much. Um, it was more just gambling and having a punt on the weekend on the horses and things like that. So to, 
I had to kind of put that into perspective. Um, I never got to a stage where I was gambling too much or anything. It was just a matter of, you know, just reality setting in that I can't do that anymore. And, you know, and I had kids growing up as well, as then as well. So it was in that kind of hole that time there. My kids were kind of two and three. Yeah. And, and um, you know, money didn't grow on trees anymore. So <laughs> So I had to, uh, yeah, respect it a bit more. Yeah. I remember back uh, in the para days when we trained and uh, spent a bit of time together, played a couple of games together, but um, used, yeah. To, yeah, used to enjoy your, your punt there. So I, I know, uh, I know we, what you're talking about there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it can be dangerous. So lucky I never got uh, you know, into any of, the, any of that trouble. But yeah, um, but yeah it's definitely gambling. It's definitely something you need to keep in check. Yeah. Oh, very good. It's a good one for the listeners out there. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't uh, gamble more than you can. Uh, more than your means, that's it. More than it. your means, that's yeah. it. What actions or quick wins can our listeners take away from our conversation today to help them in their own lives? Oh, mate, it's just a matter of, I think it's stopping thinking. You know, once you start respecting the dollar, you start respecting the money and kind of valuing what you've got, then you can... Uh, you know, justify what you're what you're spending and what you're doing, how hard you work for things, and and you know don't take anything for granted. Yeah, I definitely lived uh, a very good life while playing footy. Um, everything was kind of handed to you on a platter. And when I look back, when you're earning all the money, you don't really need the need it handed on a platter because you can afford to pay for it. But we were given a lot of stuff for free, and uh, and now that I'm um, back in the real world. That's kind of when you need stuff put on a platter, and uh, you know you've got to go and buy the stuff, and then you've got to go and earn the earn it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the uh, the reality of it. And um, you just look back and and learn to appreciate that. Geez, we lived a pretty good life. Yeah, definitely. Um, back in episode one with uh, the doctor Jason Deeth, I know you played with Deethy. Yeah, over um, the He's saying the same thing. Like, yeah, you know, it's very false. Like you said, the bubble. It's um. People, yep. you know, blowing smoke up, yeah, you know. Your bum, yeah, absolutely. Like um, and, and like you were just saying there, it's, it's pretty false and uh, a false world and everyone's, you know, giving you a, go to the shop, get a burger, they free burger, free coffee, free everything's laid on. Yeah. There. So, but yeah, so uh, that's good. I think you, you answer that question there. Stop and think and, and respect the dollar and, um, and value what you got. So mm. um, that's good, mate. Uh, was there any what things like books, events, or movies, or any, any courses that you did that have or has had a positive impact on your transition, and why? Um, I always um, I always attached myself to good mentors, really, to tell you mentors. the truth. Um, yeah. The guy there's there's a guy named Brian Edwards, Pinky. He was the guy who actually recruited me to the NRL at the Crushers uh, way back when I was you know seventeen. And um, I, I, I kind of reconnected with him when I got back from England and he was he, when he was then working at the Canberra Raiders at the time and got me that job there as well. And uh, I, uh, I just um, I bounced a lot of um, and sponged a lot of uh, information off, off of him. Uh, and, and there was another guy by the name of Stephen Day, actually, that I, um, Timer, who I kind of um, confided in a bit as well to, just get their general knowledge and ask their opinion. Gary Grinky was another one I, I spent I spent a lot of a bit of time with to um, to like hear his thoughts as well. So I surrounded myself with good people and um, you know trusted those guys to give me good advice. And 
if I didn't know something, I wasn't too scared to go and ask and find out. So from there, I learned a lot. And as far as uh, investment type stuff goes, I went to, I've been to a few um, housing uh, uh, conferences and things like that on how to invest in property. And I currently uh, own my own business doing financial planning, things like that. So I got out to the insure the rugby league boys and all this in in all different sports. So yeah, I definitely have taken a bit of a different uh, angle in life. I didn't think I would be stumble into finances and uh, things like that. But, yeah, that's kind of where, where life's heading at the moment. No, very good, mate. That's good. Um, and um, mentors, it's been a bit of a common thread through the previous episodes with Dethy and Shannon Evan and uh, Josh Stewart. I think, you know, being a rugby league player, I've always had a mentor, I guess, or a coach or a number of coaches to guide us through life or through the NRL period when we played. So, um, you know... We all seem to be gravitating towards mentors or people to help us through uh, when things aren't going as good as we like or asking for advice from people who have been there and done that before. So that's a good thing that um, you pointed out there, as I said. Yeah. Well, I think the NRL are talking about this. uh, It ain't weak to speak at the moment. And um, I think, uh, you know, it's a problem with men. They don't like to talk about things. But I honestly believe that rugby league players – rely heavily on team, um, you know, like rely on your mates and things like that. So most uh, NRL players, I believe, would have um, a mentor or someone that they turn to when they hit hard times and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think it would be a very common thread. You might call them a best mate or something like that, but, yeah, a mentor is someone who's going to give you advice that you might not want to hear sometimes and, yeah. uh but, you know, take it on board and uh, they've got the, your best interests at heart. Oh, that's good, mate. Yeah, definitely uh, someone that's going to tell you how, how it is and how it needs to be instead <laughs> of what you want to hear, which is, as, as we talked Correct. about before, the bubble, you know. So uh, yeah, people just tell you what you want to hear so they can be your friend instead of telling you how it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, no, that's good, mate. At least can take away, you know, get a mentor if you haven't got one in business. I know for myself as a business owner now, like uh, got a couple of mentors that I bounce stuff off which I find important for myself and Big Tooks has just mentioned it then as well for, for what he does. So thanks for that, Tooks. And just lastly, how do our listeners find out more about you and is there anything you'd like to add before you say goodbye? Oh, mate, um, I'm, all, I'm on Facebook. I do have a website as well, but it's just not up and running at the moment. I, I just, I'm up in Brisbane. Doing a, I'm do, as I said, I do a bit What's of leading. business called? It's called, uh, there's Big Tooth Sports. Uh, that's where I do boot camps and personal training. I also um, coordinate um, a running festival up here called the Logan Running Festival, where it's a marathon, a half marathon and things like that. So I've done uh, eight marathons, uh, eight 42K marathons so far. <laughs> yes, I'm the fattest person the, uh, to ever finish a marathon. Who would have thought Big Front Row doing uh, marathons, right? 100 and what, 20? Yeah, 120. Just That's just... Uh, <laughs> I believe uh, it's all in the head. Yeah. And, um, yeah, most athletes can finish a marathon just because of their mental uh, toughness. I've done, yeah, half Ironman and I'm putting together a few events as well. I'm doing a boxing event and an Ironman event and I still play league as well. I play um, up in, uh, in the Toowoomba comp for the Oakey Bears. Just this first year back, I'm turned 40 and I, I'm going to have a, a year up in A grade up there just to try and help them out. I... I try and help out the struggling clubs and um, try and keep them alive and 
do what I can and uh, I like to I, – I, my motto in life at the moment is just get shit done. So uh, <laughs> if, if I can do it, I'll have a crack. Um, so I do a, bit of, a lot of charity stuff as well and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty busy. Yeah. No, that's good, mate. Good to, uh, good to keep busy um, and, and giving back to, you know, the Oakey Bears at the moment. That's great stuff, mate. I'm sure they'd uh, really appreciate having an ex-NRL player, you know, impart his knowledge and experience on the young guys down there. And, uh, you know, there may be some future stars in the making there in the, in the local comp there, you know, so. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, we've got a good little group of 18, under-18s uh, there. And, uh, yeah, my signing was uh, more about, yeah, well, I, I can still run around the field and still get things done. But uh, it's more, yeah, as again, to kind of mentor and lead the team with voice and, and um, you know, discipline and just being more accountable and, and also coaching. I'm helping out with uh, the coaches for the juniors in that in, at Oki as well. Yep. And uh, my coaching is my passion and being back there playing and kind of taking on like an assistant coach role by default because I just take over. I can't help myself. But, um, <laughs> sure but uh, yeah, so I, I, I think, honestly, I'm going to end up in coaching and, and development. That's a passion of mine. And, and when the body stops, the mind's still going. So, I, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to pursue the coaching and development stuff. Oh, that's great. No, good to hear. All right, Teeks, well, uh, appreciate your time. And um, thanks for coming on the uh, the podcast. Good to, yeah, good to chat again, good, mate. mate. Mate, anytime, anytime. It, um, Love it. We'll uh, no doubt get you on again down the track. Absolutely, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, mate. Thanks. You can a lot. come and do an Ironman with me. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, <laughs> Tooks. Right, mate. Thank you for listening to the Everything Sports Podcast, the podcast which consistently provides actionable business tips and life-changing insights from high-performance athletes. You can access all the information related to this episode via the show notes at www.everythingsports.com slash podcast. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Jay will answer in upcoming episodes. How can Jay help you today?